So, <clears throat> I wanted to do some little, you know, internet browsing the other day, and I came across this weird-ass website. Oh, Everything from Yankee Candle, tagless underwear, homemade fertilizer, and books recommended by Oprah. Oh, It was www. Shut up, Brandon! Hello and welcome to the Shut Up Brandon Podcast. I'm Dustin. I am David James Parker. And I am Brandon. <laughs> Why do you get all proper about it? <laughs> because I am a businessman. I am a very serious individual. I've changed my outlook on life. Oh, okay. So we've been so we've been slacking on getting our podcast done because we've been busy. Time slips by, man. Yeah. Time keep on slipping, slipping, slipping. You're better singing the future. Oh yeah, that what I just sang was like a like an angel. Yeah, Billboard, <laughs> top ten. Top yeah, ten. he's coming for you. Watch out, Taylor Swift. He's coming for your ass. So uh, we actually we were going to record a show at Wasteland and we never did. Huh. It would have felt wrong anyway without Brandon there. Yeah, and you also had we had bad news. You got bad news. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, it was like I was like, you don't want to record a podcast. Like, no. Yeah, like yeah, it wouldn't have been good. I didn't even think about that. That's true. Um, but anyway, now we're doing one. And, uh, it's almost Halloween! It's probably go after Halloween. You know Spooky ghosts, Halloween! Spooky ghosts, candy. Ooh. Fever dreams and diarrhea. Ah. Remember those things on the door? Yeah. You like stick some of them, the yeah. battery ran out, and it's just like, you look under the sheet, this is a piece you of watch, You walk plastic. into the Walgreens and you set them all off because you're an asshole. <laughs> Nothing ever works in stores like that because all little kids press the buttons a hundred and fucking times. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> So you guys have been watching a lot of spooky television programs? I don't watch TV. Absolutely not. No. I watched 16 movies though since we had a last podcast. That's a lot of movies. Doesn't it seem like they don't really do Halloween stuff on TV anymore anyway? No. Don't. It's weird. Like, when I was growing up, it seemed like Halloween time, like, everything was AMC, Halloween. AMC, baby. AMC. Yeah, like Monster Fest or Fear Fest. Even or Disney it did it. Yeah. Sci-Fi Channel. Halloween, everything. Mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Channel had two weeks leading up to Halloween, I think, like 13 days. With ABC all, Family had 13 days of Halloween. With all our kids being lazy and not wanting to leave the house to go trick-or-treating, they won't know what Halloween is in 20 years. Yeah. They'll be like, what's Halloween? I don't know. It's a... Sit on my ass and play <laughs> I don't games. think I don't think that's true. I think kids like to go out for Halloween. I think in certain areas. I think. Well, yeah, but I also think like sometimes parents are paranoid. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean you don't. They, people don't go out like they used to. Like there was. A, did you guys come across the meme where it's like a, a Snickers bar broken in half with oh, a gun in between? In. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like someone put a gun in. The, yeah, that's beautiful. That was good. Um, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is like, uh, I mean. Shrey and I have talked about it before. Like it's weird. Growing up as a kid, like every year, Family Matters had a had a thing going. Yeah, everybody. Um, had everything it. on TGIF had their own Halloween special. Everybody. Yeah, cartoons had them. Even commercials were more into like like Frankenstein eating Doritos. Yeah, I saw the Frankenstein <laughs> on a Tombstone Pizza. I took a picture of it. Frankenstein and Dracula. Sent it to Jeremy, and Jeremy's like, "Don't Dracula, you know you can't have garlic." <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like uh, the like the M and M's commercials yeah. and. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird that they don't really do that anymore. And I don't know why that is. I don't know, like, did Halloween become more... Well, we are entering, like, this new politically correct age 
So are like people who are like scared of Halloween because those people or just don't want to offend people. People that hate Halloween <laughs> and people that don't want to offend people. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. I think, Ugh. I think that uh, King of the Hill had a good episode. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they make the the haunted house or whatever. No, weren't that like the neighbors want to ban Halloween and Hank Hill's like it's tradition. Dude. Oh, oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like I love that. like holidays, like especially toward holidays at the end of the year, are starting to really combine. So it's like you're shopping for a pumpkin. You're like, well, since we're here, we might as well get ourselves a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah no shit. shit. It's like Christmas gets earlier and earlier. We just sound like old people right now, I think. <laughs> get off, they, they call us get off my lawn now. That's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> get, you kids get off my lawn. Disguised rants. <laughs> That's our new podcast name, Disguised Rants. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, we actually went to, what was that, uh, in Pittsburgh? We went to see, what was, I can't think of the name. Under, it was an underground. Oh, underground the, at the Hollywood. Underground, underground at the, underground the Hollywood. Hollywood. We all went to see that where they played Invalid, mm-hmm. which was its debut, yeah, which is yeah. a Dustin Mills movie starring Brandon Southhill and Joni Durian. And you. Yeah, and I guess, me. I guess we are in it. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was really yeah. high when we made that whole time. You were not. But, uh, they also lot. played Mana, which we watched. Yep. Which was cool short by uh, Michael Schneider. Maggot. AKA Maggot. Yeah, that was really cool. I like that. It was awesome. And we also see the Hunters played there, among other things. They had a murder collection. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, our friend Cage's movie, Army. Army. They did Army and Lust, didn't they? Or just I don't Army? Oh. Um, well, they didn't they do a live commentary for Murder Collection? Yeah. Like Fred I, I, and Shelby were out there? It was so hectic getting there and everything. The parking was so bad. Like, yeah. I watched a couple movies and I couldn't stay for all Yeah, Pittsburgh is crazy, at least where we were. Like, the hills and, like, the parking, it's, like, out of control. There was a game. A, whole, a Pittsburgh home game the next day. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's what fucked us. Well, we that's were, why in the morning we got the fuck we were out of there. Night, yeah. And I almost passed out driving home. Brandon had to take over the wheel. I was like, I'm fine. And then I, <laughs> and I did not. I was like, because... I, I kept it. I look over at him. He's just like, just you could see him sloping over. And I'm like, Dave, I can take over now. He's like, No, I'm good. I love, let me get, let me get a few more miles in. He said that a few more miles back. <laughs> and eventually, I was just like, I was like, Dave, just pull over. And you're like, Yeah, you're right. I better pull. Over. I, I <laughs> an hour back. I drove all the way there, but I couldn't relax. I almost fell asleep right away in the car seat, but I couldn't relax the whole time because I kept waking up thinking you were gonna hit somebody. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I kept, like, a number of points. I was like, I'm going to look back at Shariah. Like, I was having, like, night terrors. I was actually, because, like, like, Shariah was quiet and you were quiet. I was, like, for some reason, I started thinking of this scene in National Lampoon's Vacation. I kept having, like, dun, 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 And, like, had the girl come up and, like, her, like, he's like, But, no, that was cool. That was cool. And it was cool seeing Invalid, the new movie, with with a crowd. And they seemed to dig it. We got mm-hmm. uh, they laughed at the parts that like they should laugh at, and they applauded at the end. And... I actually really liked Invalid, and I know I was a part of it, but I yeah. think it was one of your best movies. No, I I really love it. I feel like I it's like Kill That Bitch used to be my favorite that I'd done, but now I think Invalid is my favorite. Invalid, <laughs> just because it's Invalid is so close, like you never get exact, especially when you're working with such low budgets. Yeah. You know, it's a two thousand dollar movie, but it's so close to what I wanted it to be like visually and and tonally and everything like the way the kills work out it's so close to what i had imagined that it makes me really happy cool. and uh, hopefully people dig it like uh, people so. are starting to get it it comes out on vimeo next tuesday nice. and uh, amazon either that day or soon after i'm not sure it's all uploaded to amazon but i'm waiting for him to tell me that it's good to go. <laughs> so yeah but we had a we had a busy wasteland Yep. Invalid was there. Slimy Little Bastards was there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dave's movie, Slimy Little Bastards, is finally in people's hands. Yeah. And uh, we'll have it up on Amazon and <coughs> video. 
we've got the so, process started getting it online so people can see it and stuff. Nice. I think people are going to love that movie. I, I haven't had any real, real bad negativity yet, but you know. Well, it's like you said, like, I, I mean, there are definitely people, especially in the horror community, who are just not going to, they're just not going to be into it just because it's not what they want in a movie. But, like, the people who understand what it takes to make a movie, or even just people who want to watch something silly and laugh, I think, are really going to be into it. Because so. it, it's legitimately funny. Like, and I don't think it's just because it's all of our friends in it. I think it is legitimately funny. Well, I was impressed with what everybody did with what little we had, so. It was definitely, like, a like a team effort. It was like definitely a, a team effort. A lot of us came together. Like, I mean, it's your baby and your brainchild and everything, but, like, it was... it. I think it feels close to all of our hearts because of how much everybody put into it. And That's why you can never really say, like, a lot of times, like, a movie's just one person's movie. Not yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, a lot of movies are a bunch of people's movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you <laughs> if you have actors in your movie, it's always yeah. a team yeah. effort. But some are more team efforts than others, of course. But, no, uh, the... I, I think Slimy Little Bastards feels like a community of dipshits came together and made a made a movie, and it's pretty cool because of that. What are you looking for? Can I use this? Yeah, Just go for it. Yeah. So I remember. Um, but yeah, so buy those movies. Use your yeah. go- use your Googles and find them and buy them. <laughs> Amazon thirty eight ninety nine. It's out of print now, so you're going to have to pay some good money for it. <laughs> it hasn't even been out yet. <laughs> we didn't really release it, but it's super rare. All right, let's start rolling through stuff we watch, because I know you got a big list. I got a decent list once I stopped and thought about it. So you go ahead. I can brush over a few of them real quick. I watched Creep, yeah. which was on Netflix, and it was a pretty decent movie. The, uh, uh, the Mark Duplass movie. Yeah, pretty creepy. Yeah. Pretty, pretty decent. Uh it's just, there's a lot of awkward moments in it and stuff like that. Not great, but run pretty solid, and especially for the money, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, the whole uh, weird Mr. Rabbit thing, or what was the suit? Mr. Wolf? or uh, Mr. Oh, I can't remember, but yeah, the werewolf was, mask. Was, I can see them trying to carry a sequel on with that. Really yeah, good. yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it would work. No. I can see them like, trying to make one. Well, the mystery's gone now, yeah. so you can't really do it. You have to do something different. Uh, I watched two big mainstream movies that are old and they kind of have the same flair. Big Trouble in Little China and Golden Child. I hadn't watched either of them in a very, very long time. They're both tons of fun and uh, I really love them. And Kurt Russell and Eddie Murphy in those movies are really great characters. That's a great double feature. I, it is a great double those feature. Those movies together. Which one do you like better, you think? Uh, about the same. Really? Maybe Big Trouble. Maybe. No, I think they're about the same because I noticed about Eddie Murphy when I was watching it. Like, there's characters like that. He has that Bill Murray on hardest energy where you can't control him. Like, you yeah. can tell a lot of that's improv, and you just can't control that. You can tell you can't control those guys. They're like larger yeah. than life personalities, and they just do whatever they want. What's What's interesting, and I'm going to talk about this one real quick while we're on the topic of Eddie Murphy. I watched uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Have you guys? Have either of you seen Vampire in Brooklyn? No, I don't know if I've ever seen it. It's a Wes Craven horror comedy from 1995, so it's 20 years old at this point. And it's Eddie Murphy. They start out in the beginning saying that like all the all the original vampires came from Egypt. Yeah. And then they when the vampire hunters rolled into Egypt, they split apart. A lot of them went to the Carpathian Mountains, but a lot of them went to the Bermuda Triangle, and that's why people disappear in the Bermuda Triangle yeah. because vampires been feeding off of ships and airplanes and stuff like that. So basically, all the black vampires are in the Bermuda Triangle. So he, um, so Eddie Murphy comes to uh, Brooklyn to look <laughs> for his mate, and. He um, he has like a Caribbean accent and stuff like that. And what's amazing about it is I watched a little bit of Golden Child. I haven't finished it yet because yeah. I was really tired. But in Golden Child, he's absolutely unbridled crazy. Yeah. You can tell everything that comes out of his mouth is an improv. Yeah. It's funny, but it's yeah. definitely improv. In Vampire in Brooklyn, when he's playing Maximilian, 
he is so low-key and so restrained and so controlled that it makes me, it made me appreciate his acting on a whole nother level. Because when he's playing the vampire, Maximilian, he's absolutely like that. But then they'll have him morph into other people. Yeah. Like he morphs into an evangelical preacher at one point, and then he's out of control again. And then it's <laughs> improv crazy. He turns into a white Italian guy at one point. He's like, yeah, hey, you motherfuckers! <laughs> like, and it's really, really funny, and it's, again, unbridled, like craziness <clears throat> the thing about like i was saying that uh, eddie murphy definitely has that crazy energy and i wish mm. his movies were still kind of wacky but i was saying you at one time said there's no other movies like ghostbusters and i'd say big trouble in little chinatown and golden child are the closest you'll get to Ghostbusters. yeah they're the closest you'll get yeah and they're just really weird and bizarre and yeah they're hard to they could scare kids but they could also they're fine for kids at the same time yeah they're like they're like adventure comedies with horror elements in them. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think they're all great movies, and I think they're a lot of fun, and they just don't make movies like that anymore. No. And if they do, they're made on such a low budget that they can't really... In like, I know there's a lot of heart in them, but they can't capture that stuff. Some of the stuff they do exactly. in like Golden Child, we were talking about when the walls come down, Yeah, and that was just so awesome. Yeah. And what you were talking about, Eddie Murphy, when Jared was watching, he's like, Jeremy was watching, he's like, I can't tell if Eddie Murphy's a good actor or a bad actor. When he's watching <laughs> Golden Child, I was, like, I was like, I think he's good. But You know one part of that I think is really funny? Is the the woman who plays Key in Golden Child? Um, her name's Charlotte Lewis, I think. Yeah. The the part where she goes in and it's supposed to be like her badass moment where she's kicking the shit out of those guys, and then she frees Eddie Murphy and he starts beating up the guys, and he's so much better at fighting than she is. <laughs> or what about the, the, the ridiculous scene where wet, wet t-shirt? Like, well, that's what? because she's a Playboy model. Yeah. And she just has giant hoots. So they were trying to. <laughs> she does. She has really big boobs for like wherever she's from, Nepal or whatever, and. Like she gets, like she kicks a guy through the wall and hits a water pipe and just sprays her right in the tits. Like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I always remember Golden Child. Like the monster at the end is awesome. He's cool. It's like a cool stop motion. It's got monster. a Randall Tex Cobb in it. Yep, and that weird monkey guy. That weird uh, monkey guy and it's got that weird fat guy too. Yeah. I love when he like uh, rants about them. He's like, you got this monkey motherfucker, this fat weirdo. <laughs> guy with the big head, the monkey guy, the fat guy. <laughs> He's like, the, I might be confusing it with Wild Wild West, but in, in Goldenshire, does the guy have the metal plate head? That's Wild Wild West. West. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he looks like that guy. Like he's a yeah. tall, skinny, bald guy with a monkey face. And it's really good makeup too. Like it doesn't look like a makeup effect. The Wild Wild West is really hated. It's not as bad as people say. I don't like it at all. I hated it when I first saw it, but I didn't think it was that bad. I just think the bad guy's really funny. He's like, yeah. well, I'll say, I do, I do. Cause he's just so cheap. Well, that's Kenneth Branagh. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they got the guy with the weird ear. Yeah. Mechanic. I don't know. It's a weird movie. Yeah, it was like Barry Sonnenfeld coming off of Men in Black, trying to do the same thing <laughs> with Wild Wild West, with the giant mechanical spider at the and end. his fucking theme music. Which the old, yeah. the old black and white TV show is has nothing like that. Yeah, there were, like, little weird traces of, like, science fiction-y weirdness, but no, like, giant spiders and shit like no. that. Like, nothing like that. No, mate, like, robots, I don't think. And it was written, like, the, the old TV show was, like, a subdued Mission Impossible in, on, in the Wild West. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had the one guy who was, like, the adventurer, and then the other guy who, like, like built cool stuff and was right. smart. and Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I watched, uh, and I know that, Brandon, you watched at least the first episode of this. Have you watched the second episode yet? Oh, Scream Queens? Scream Queens? No, I haven't. So I watched, I watched Scream Queens, which is the new horror comedy show on Fox. I think it's on Fox. Yeah. And it's from the guys who do American Horror Story and Glee, and it's somewhere in between those. Like, it's not serious horror. Mm. It's real. I got to tell you, man, it makes me laugh really, really yeah. hard. It makes me laugh because it's got like, and you, you're the one who pointed it out to me, it's got like Zucker Brothers humor in it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, really goofy, campy, ridiculous shit. And they go for the horror tropes pretty hard. Like, I mean, they don't shy away from gore and blood. I mean, the first episode, like, somebody gets their head dunked in a fryer. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in the second episode, this oh, God, it's so funny. You you know what? You being the comedy police, you probably wouldn't like this part. But these guys, they, like, they get all roided out. They do steroids, and they decide they're going to go out and kill the killer. And he dresses in a bright red devil costume. So they all dress in white, and they have baseball bats. And as they're walking down the street, since they're all in the white suits and shit, it starts playing Backstreet Boys music. Because that's there's a cover <laughs> of an album. See, so his face is already... <laughs> comedy police rolled in. They, and they start just beating the shit out of anything red. So at one point, they're beating the shit out of a fire hydrant. And then there's a red car, and they beat the shit out of it. And then the, the killer shows up with a chainsaw. And there's like a huge fight in the street set to Backstreet Boys music of the them, fight might be cool. them fighting him with the chainsaw. And it's like there's I, I saw the first episode and there was a lot of things I really enjoyed too. And it's, I like some of the I like some of the different uh, things they call to. Yeah. Like in the first episode where I don't want <laughs> to ruin it for like they discover something. Yeah. Well, I don't have to say who they discover. a body. <coughs> Okay. And one of the uh, one of the frat boys, like they open it up, and the, the main girl, she's like, "You're not freaked out by this?" And he's like, "No, I saw Faces of Death when I was a kid. This doesn't bother me." Yeah, yeah, like, stuff like funny. that. And uh, the one guy, like they, they do all this like ridiculous over the top red herring shit, where like the one guy who obviously isn't the killer, like tells his girlfriend, he's like, "If you're dead, I totally still have sex with you," or something like yeah. that. He's like <laughs> says something about having sex with a corpse, and like it's just it's just ridiculous over the top shit. But it's definitely. <clears throat> Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Yeah, she's Jamie the dean. She's the dean at the the at the college, and she's great. She's mm-hmm. hilarious. She's like fucking students and stuff. Like, I don't know. I I really I really enjoyed on like a campy, goofy level. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth checking out. I think I will. Is it, what's it on TV? Yeah, Hulu. you you can watch on Hulu and see if you like it or not. Oh, the whole thing. Or yeah, just yeah. Episode? No, they have the, the like Hulu usually with stuff that's currently on. They'll keep like eight episodes on. At a time. Yeah, at a time. So the first and second episode are on there. It usually... Um, and the first episode's a double episode, I think. I right, think it's, it's an like, hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half. Well, what it usually does is like... Um, so like once they get to the episode seven, episode one gets taken off. Yeah. So you 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 can currently keep up with it. <gasps> Which is why I gotta watch the shit out of Arrow Season 3 this week. So that, <laughs> so that I can watch Arrow Season 4 that's on there now and and, not, and know what's going on. Did you see the Paramount? You you told me about the Paramount. Yeah. Home. They had yeah. all the sender and stuff on there. Did you know about this, the Paramount thing? I came across it on uh, on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, that Paramount is it called? Hundreds. Is it Paramount Vault or Paramount Archive or something like Vault. that? And yeah, on YouTube right now you can watch all kinds of Paramount movies for That's free. That's cool. In yeah. HD. Yeah, in I don't HD. know if they're all in HD, but probably not. Some of the old stuff I bet isn't, but a lot of stuff is. Newer stuff too, like the Loved Ones is on there, which I haven't seen, but I want to see. And That's cool. Yeah, nice. yeah. You just go to you go to YouTube and Paramount Vault. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, what do you get? Yeah. Um, I'll skim over the ones that I know I've I've watched quite a bit. Um, Flash and Arrow started up again. Uh, TV shows that I really love, so that's cool to have them back on again. Um, I found the 20th anniversary Blu-ray edition of The Sandlot. Oh wow! Which actually comes with trading cards. With oh all nice. On it. Yeah. <laughs> but I I love the shit out of that movie. That's a so great much. movie. Um, to me, like. How I explain it to people, it's like it's the best story Stephen King never wrote. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I know. Feel what you like mean. Stand by Me or something, or just even like the whole the whole exaggeration of the dog. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it felt like, it always, to me as a kid, it always felt like a Stephen King story that he never wrote. It's true like, because is... before you see the actual dog at the end, it's always depicted as a giant monster. Right. Like, they, they built an animatronic head and shit like that. Like, it's it's depicted as this, like, monstrous thing. Yeah, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it, it was the first movie I saw before I even knew of Goonies or Monster Squad. Yeah, so those, those, those like, are in the same leagues together. Like, so that was always the first one I, I gravitated towards. So once I saw the Blu-ray at Target, I had it going for really cheap. I'm like, oh, I How much this. was it? 15. That's great for a blue. I want it for 10. Now you calm down. It comes with trading cards. I don't know trading <laughs> cards. They're not trading cards because you get the whole set. What am I going to trade them? Who am I going to trade them with? Brandon? Yeah. We have the same cards. What do you want to trade? Shh. <laughs> We're not trading cards. <laughs> when you get the whole set. When you buy it. Um, well, then they're collector cards. <laughs> That's it. So that one, um, Reanimator. Watch that again. Gotta love Reanimator. So, if you don't love Reanimator, fuck you. Fuck your mother. All right, it's a little extreme. Just fuck. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> All right, your your aunt. Yeah. You can go as far as the aunt. Yeah. Your brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reanimator. I watched. Uh, didn't really finish it. Fell asleep to Frankenhooker a couple nights ago. Love Frankenhooker. It's love Frank phenomenal. It's so good. Um, uh, trying to think of some of the other ones I might have come across, I've seen before. Um, I think that's it for right now for ones I've seen before. Um, yeah. one I haven't seen. Uh, a really there's one of the Criterion's I've been really wanting to watch called Diabolique. I've always heard of that. Never seen. Nineteen fifty six. I'm not sure on the year. I want to say it's probably. It probably is because the special features on after on Hulu's got some special features like interviews and stuff. It's one of the main movies that inspired Hitchcock to do Psycho. So yeah. I want to say it was 58 or 59. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Wonderful Good. movie. Good? Yeah. One of the probably... Probably... If, it's hard to explain. Like, if you're the person who's, who's so burnt out on twists, endings... Yeah. You're going to be like... But you have to appreciate on the level of, like, this is one of the first movies yeah. to do it so goddamn well. Plus, thing, whenever I go back and watch movies, like, older movies, I always let that shit go because... Yeah. I, so many times the movie you're watching is the one that they ripped off and made it stale. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to do with uh, some movies. Like, Black Sabbath, it's hard for me with that because it's been, like, ripped off. The Baba movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, like, I, one of those shorts is really great. One's really long and one's okay and... <laughs> Like well, the thing about that one is the one short is basically worthless in the American version because they trimmed out the, like, they completely changed it. <clears throat> like, <clears throat> the, I think I watched the Italian version. The American version, the the one with the two women, they're not lovers, they're just friends, and it's yeah. the ghost of her husband coming back to kill her. And in the Italian version, they're lesbian lovers who ran away and the husband is stalking them. The scariest one of that is the body. The one yeah, like, that is horrifying. <laughs> that that thing is one of the scariest like filmic things ever. Like it really got to me when I watched it. <laughs> See this weird Sets. wax body thing. Yeah, yeah. the face. Ooh. And there's there's moments in Diabolique that are like that. Not really? like the body, but there's there's moments there's reveals that even on a psychological level, you're like that would be terrifying. Yeah. And uh, even at the very end, once when the twist is revealed and everything. There's a there's a child in the end who, who has a connection in the main, in the middle to the main story, but he gets talked to again at the at the end, and the thing he says at the end really puts the icing on the cake. Really? Yeah, you just God, like, I have to watch this now. It's on I'll Hulu. It. Yeah, I gotta watch Criterion. it. Yeah, well, they don't put every Criterion on Hulu though. But it's I I fell in love with it. I it's one I need to own. <coughs> I gotta watch that then. What else you got, David Grady? Uh, I watched a couple Arrow releases. Yeah. 
Eaten Alive by Toby Hooper, which I hadn't seen in a long time. I really like Eaten Alive. It is like a fever dream of bizarre characters, really sleazy and mean-spirited. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's like, I guess you'd say it's a 70s nihilism. Oh, yeah. It's just like, it's about this uh, ex-vet who played by, what, what's the guy's name, man? I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he, I'm not sure if he's acting. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, essentially he runs this weird motel that's next to this like whorehouse and uh uh, he kills people that show up and feeds them to his pet crocodile that he has out. And it's in, I think it's in Texas. And there's like, uh, he has a pet crocodile, this thing, and he feeds people to it. You'll, uh, there's a bunch of like classic actors in it. Like Robert England's in it before he was Freddy Krueger. Nice. He's named Buck. And he says, I name's Buck and I'm here to fuck. Uh, you guys will recognize that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarantino. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's full of Albert Finney's in it from, uh, oh, Phantom nice. of Paradise. And he's Is just fucking like really weird in it. And I crazy. like Albert Finney. And the colors are bright and it's just fucking weird. And it's really cool. Cool, What's it called again? Eaten Alive? Alive, aka Death Trap, aka yeah, yeah. Huh. Check so that. like the same era of like maybe Robert England, Galaxy of Terror. Yeah, uh, Galaxy of Terror is eighty one. I think this is seventy six. Wow, wow, even earlier. Yeah, nice. earlier. This has got to. Yeah, be he one was. Of his first. I mean, he's in lots of stuff. Stay like, just, as, just as a little character actor, lots of comedies and stuff like. Yeah. Background guy like uh, before Jack, he Jack Brooks. I'm trying to think oh, who yeah, else yeah. is in this one? <laughs> who else is in there? There's a bunch. The list is really long. Just a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like those kind of actors that were like, I'm still looking for work and I'm kind of washed up, but I'm still really good and kind of maybe a haunted actor. You know yeah. I mean? Kind of like that. Yeah, but I'd really recommend Eating Alive. I think it's probably Toby Hooper's second or third best film. after. Te- I like Tex Chainsaw. Tex Chainsaw 2, Eating Alive. Those are the three I think are the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. Personally, nice. even over Poltergeist. I'm just not... I'm still not convinced that he directed very much of Poltergeist. Like, I don't know, I know there's, like, some weird stories about that yeah. production and stuff, but it doesn't feel like a Hooper movie. It feels like a Spielberg movie. Yeah. And then, like, His Invaders from Mars, I think, is vastly better than the original. I that's love that weird That's a Hooper, movie. for sure. Yeah, that, that movie weird is color. fucking out of its mind. That's, a, that's another movie I'd lump into the category of trying to tell people, like, no, remakes don't suck. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that one's better than the original. It's just, like, I think... I mean, I like John Carpenter as much as I love the thing from another world. I like John Carpenter's oh. thing way better than that one, Mm-mm. you know. And I like them both, but you know. I also watched the Arrow release of Labette, which is on Netflix right now. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, this movie's really cool. Definitely has the Wolverine uh, Shack or whatever his name is. That it's like a that weird, like strange case of Osborne. French erotic Beauty and the Beast, right? It, it, no. 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 Oh, I thought that's what's supposed to be. I like. don't think so. Oh, okay. Uh, that's just me though. It, it's like surreal, weird about this family curse kind of deal okay. and uh, the house is kind of haunted and these guys are really superstitious and he's like trying to marry his son away and he's never been baptized and they're like he has like a, a somebody in the family who's really high up in the religion he's like come we're gonna baptize him and you gotta come marry these people because he's trying to like wed and there's a twist of course and there's a flashback of like an ancestor of this woman fantasizing being being raped by this monster this like dog bear with a fucking penis and it's like jizzing <laughs> everywhere it's oh. it's classic cinema it's, it's, no, it's great. Is that the title Le on Bente? Netflix, or is yeah. it called The Beast? It might just be called The Beast. I don't. Know. I found it, it on it. Netflix, but I can't remember what I found it. I under. think that it's really cool and it's really different, and it definitely has that kind of all these weird people coming to this house, and it's surrealistic fetishism. Oh, and his movies are like that. And I'm watching that tonight. If, if you've seen his other movie, like I can't remember this name. It's just like the strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mrs. Osborne is also like that, and it's just like, all right, we're all gonna show up for this wedding. And they all show up and then like it's just these random assemble of weirdos and just weird things start to happen and like just they push the boundaries like there's these two people I mean at the time it's interracial couple <coughs> screwing she's like screwing that the person that's supposed to be helping with the house and uh, screwing 
him and there's little like they're hiding the little kids in the closet while they're screwing on the bed just like uh, stuff like that that's pushing it, about yeah. the 70s yeah yeah 76 i think too maybe maybe 74 yeah, 76 like, that's when that's the decade that boundaries were really being pushed yeah and uh this the the, the dvd's really cool the blu-ray because there's all these features on there and it shows like how he did all this animation and stuff and they show like this guy was just a great at everything probably he's like shows all these wood like art sculptures he made that make noise it's just fucking bizarre that's interesting that's an arrow release yeah, I, I, I recommend that one. I'll, I just had a, a disc to review, but I'd probably pick up the... Uh... Well, you just said you got the Arrow release of Society, right? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I have it too, but I haven't watched any of the features. <sighs> well, I did watch some of the features. There's a, there's a, there's a good 20-minute special feature all about Screaming Mad George, and he goes through this, He goes through how the process of how yeah. he got into the... Um, how he got into the business and his own personal collective works that he sells to Japan and yeah yeah I got nice. on a like screaming Mad George like obsessive kick and I started looking on YouTube for every, everything about him a couple weeks ago it was when I found the uncut Giver which I'm still gonna put <laughs> on a DVD so I can watch it uncut where'd you uh, the VHS yeah um, but the but I found all these like things on YouTube about screaming Mad George and he's just this weird little Japanese guy with long hair who like he talks about how he doesn't like to do special effects anymore. Because uh, no one will let him work on one thing. Like, he's like, I like making, like, one thing for a movie and being able to concentrate on it for weeks. And he's like, and I can't do that anymore. Like, the schedules are insane, so he doesn't really do much anymore for movies. Yeah, he's, he's like the Salvador Dali of sculpting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His sculptures are out of control. Um, one of the things I watch is really funny, like, I don't know if he, like, doesn't like Steve Wang or what, but he was, like, going out of his way to say, like, I did everything on the Giver. He's like, I did absolutely everything. I'm thinking, Steve Wang was your co-director, and I know he's one of the best creature guys in the business, so I'm not sure if you really did everything Screaming Mad George, but he's like going out as well. He's like, I was doing everything on that movie. Everything. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they made him hold a light once, and he said he did everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did a lot, because a lot of those monsters, you can tell, are his design. But then there's others where I'm like, that's a Steve Wang. Like, I... Stop, Kronos. <laughs> Stop, Steve Wayne. That's definitely... <laughs> well, see, that weird grasshopper thing that Mark Hamill turns into is definitely a Screaming Mad yeah, George. It's all slimy and gross. But, like, like Lisker is definitely a Steve Wang. Like, you can tell, because Steve Wang does that, like, sleek, like, everything goes back, and it's all smooth, but has the scaly texture. Like, all of his stuff looks like that. But, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I, I wonder if there's, like, a feud there I don't know about. The grosser ones are definitely by Screaming Mad George. Oh, yeah. And Screen Mad George always does those effects too, where he combines like green screen stuff. Like uh, I always think of like um, uh, there's stuff like that in Wishmaster Two, and there's stuff like that in uh, um, Beyond Reanimator, where it's like they would like green screen out the actor's real legs and then put like weird puppet legs in that move all strange and stuff like that. I just want to see Screen Mad George direct a movie that's about a face and a puddle that moves around. And people <laughs> the screaming puddle and yeah that's what i think it'd just be a big goop with a face in it like, or did you ever see uh faust love of the damned i haven't mm. never watched it that's got a bunch of good screen mad george effects yeah. in it yeah I'll freak oh yeah freak. he did do freak yeah right well yeah see the the like super mutant at the end of freak definitely is a screen style mad of george. Foam cup. style of foam cup. <laughs> fiddle faddle i hate macaroons <laughs> <laughs> i love freak <laughs> Sand flan, what the hell is that piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> the, the pastry and saint of custard. Well, that guy, that guy at the beginning, uh, Juan Valdez, and he keeps shrinking. shrinking until he's deep Roy. Until he's just the dude from uh, Waxwork. That little guy's like, we're like Sputnik, Marl. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it's got to be that guy. There's nobody that small. Well, it's him. It's him, and then it's Deep Roy. And then it's somebody else. Yeah. There's like three or four. There's, I think the smallest one is Deep Roy, who's in the like he's in T- Tim Burton movies and He's stuff. in Waxwork, right? No, no. It's four of them. There's four actors who play. Are that there? Guy. Yeah. I, three or four. Oh no! It cracks me up just that like he keeps cutting back and the guy's like looking at him and every time it cuts back he's smaller. It's because he's mutating. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. place is all polluted. Yeah, he just ends up being the, that small guy from Island of Doctor Monroe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy was a dickhead. I'm not making up. Remember that? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. See, si, senor. <laughs> I love this man. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna blow through a couple here. Uh, Beavis and Butthead to America. I love mm-hmm. it. It's hilarious. It makes me laugh. Good soundtrack too. Great soundtrack. Uh. The uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Roller Coaster of Love Your is love genius. Is like this song, Roller Coaster Baby, and then uh, Masters of the Universe, love it. Great movie, one of the best. I think it's funny. It's really funny to me that that's generally considered by most people to be like a. a it's so bad. It's so good. It's good. It's a turkey, but it is exactly like a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. just with with practical effects and eighties special effects. How dare they say so bad, <laughs> so good? Troll Two is and put Masters of the Universe in that category. It's like. No, guys, seriously. I saw it for the first time this year, early this year. It was it was one of those things that I started punching myself in the nuts why I didn't see Pretty it. hadn't seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's bullshit because it's... Acting's good. Effects are good. It's a solid script. Like, it's nothing special. It's goofy, but it's not, like, bad. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, and it's got a lot of creativity and, and heart. Characters. Like, People couldn't distance themselves from the Master Universe because it yeah. didn't take place in Eternia. And that's its only flaw it's got going from. As a Master Universe movie... It's not a good Master Universe movie. Yeah. As a movie on its own, a sci-fi action movie, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so there was that. Um, oh, I watched uh, Ex Machina. You both have seen that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I thought it was all right. Uh, I kind of don't know why. People seem to be praising it a little more than it deserves, I think. Um, I prefer The Machine. See, that's when I when I talked about it last time. Like that, I felt the same way. Like, I'm okay yeah. with it, but as I was watching, I was like, I'd rather just watch the machine. I will say a bright spot in the entire thing is Oscar Isaac. I agree. He was the best part about it. Oscar Isaac is a great actor, and I'm excited to see other stuff with him in. There's um, there's a movie he's in called like A Violent Year or something like that. I think that I really want to see. Oh, with uh, or no, that's a Violent Man. I think. Yeah, that's a different one. Yeah. Um, but uh, or a Year of Violence, something like that that he's in. I really want to see, and I want to see the Coen Brothers movie he's in. Inside Lewin Davis. He's going to be in Star Wars and X-Men. That dude's making so much money. Oh, right yeah. He's, he's, he is great in that. In what you th- X Machina, though. What you, his dance. His dance. Oh, no. Right. The dance scene's amazing. It made sense, great. I don't know. I don't think it was out of place. He I mostly... Drunk. He's trying to I mostly didn't like the ending. Because when it got down to it, the movie didn't have anything to say about artificial intelligence. Jared put it the best. He said it, it starts off and doesn't really say anything, and it just turns like, oh, it's the same crap, the robot kills the guy, and it's just... You can't heavy. trust any, anybody. And it, he, he talked about it. It's not the, the, what, the Turing test? The Turing test. That's not the Turing test. The Turing no. test is when you don't know which ones are robots. You yeah. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they need to change some things to make it they fit their mold. They fucked better. with the science too much, and it didn't make sense... It's one of those movies that takes itself very seriously, and it makes the plot holes and the nonsense stick out really, really bad. I like the movie. I think it's really well made, and I think it's a good movie. It's, well, I, yeah. I also don't really give a fuck about the lead character. He's boring, and I don't. Oh, yeah. I think he gets outshined really by the other guy. And everything happens a little too fast between him and the and the robot, like the artifact. Like I don't know. It's not terrible by any means. I think I'm being too. It sounds like I'm being really hard on it. It's worth watching. The, the special effects are astounding in it. Like, mm-hmm. they're completely seamless. I didn't notice. Like, I like I thought it was really, really good. Cinematography's good. The lighting's good, too. Cinematography's good. good. Um, 
It's acting's. I mean, the acting from Oscar Isaac is good. It just didn't coalesce into anything I loved by the end. At the, I mean, at at the very least, you have to commend Studio A twenty four. Like, you have to commend them for what they're doing. At yeah. least, like they're they're definitely experimenting and just not going the traditional route. Yeah. Change it to an alien. Make it the prequel to Under the Skin. Yeah. <laughs> See, I still, have, I still, I still, I think somebody else said that. Too. I still haven't I, seen. I, think I heard that somewhere. I still haven't seen Under the Skin. I need to just watch it. I think it. I heard that somewhere. I need to watch it. You guys seen the trailer to The Witch? I heard that looks yes. good. Yes. I, I did see the trailer. That does look good. That looks real fucking good. Good Night Mommy looks really good, too. Good Night Mommy looks good. The Witch looks good. The Witch uh, looks great. Um, not exactly a horror movie, although it looks horrific. That What's that war movie that's coming out? Um, oh, man. What's... They shot it completely in natural light, and it's... um. Ah, oh, fuck me running. What's it called? The Revenant? Oh, with Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, is he in it? Yeah, and Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it called the Re- is it called the Revenant? The Revenant yeah. That looks amazing. Have who you seen the trailer for that? No. I can't remember who directed. Will it. I get teary eyed during the trailer? I don't know. The trailer's just fucking intense. Like, it looks like a it's like a western meets a war movie. Like, it almost has like a Saving Private. You calm down. <laughs> Dave's like getting. Maybe. It almost had like this like Saving Private Ryan aesthetic to it, like the way the light was used, and I don't know it. That's like it's there's there's a weird emergence of Native American like cinema because you got the Revenant and, <laughs> and then Bone, Bone Tomahawk. Tomahawk. I I got that. I'm gonna get. You know, I got a screener to review for that uh, online screener. I can't wait. I love Kurt Russell. I love cannibals. I like westerns. That movie looks really intense, but the trailer doesn't tell you anything about what oh, it's about. Like I, other than it's intense and these people are in it. I thought yeah. there was cannibals in it. Are there? I don't know. I, th- I think it's just, they're calling them savages in the movie, which just, I'm thinking just... Native Americans. Very hostile Native Americans. But it, the, the, all the trailer tells you is that the one guy is played by Patrick Wilson. Mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson's wife gets kidnapped and a posse goes to get her back. I like it already. So And it's very dark and intense. You guys need to watch Black Death. Uh, is that the one with Sean Bean? Yeah, there's like these religious crusaders that go to try to figure out if these people are like witches or not, and they go across them. And it's like a journey movie, and it's like it's it's downbeat, but it's really good, and I like hmm. it. I've heard it's and good. Guys get picked off here and there. Yeah, I like that kind of story. I do too. I mean, uh, honestly, Three Ten to Yuma is a little bit like that. You know what I mean? That's yeah. too. I just like westerns, and they yeah. don't make them often. And usually, when they do, they're really good. So yeah. I was like, I've never watched a new western like trash. But <laughs> I, I can tell if they're really trashy. I think shitty. Let me uh, let me blow through a couple more. Get these off my list. Uh, I got my Scream Factory Demon Knight. Uh, it's a great release. Uh, one of the best. Can't wait to own movies that. ever. I think Demon Knights. I I really do think it's one. It's it's one of my favorite horror movies ever made. It, it's a great movie. And it just it lumps perfectly into that category of stuff I love, which is like I love horror siege movies. Demon Knight, Dog Soldiers from Dust Till Dawn, Carnosaur Two. <laughs> Carnosaur Two is just aliens uh, with dinosaurs. Yeah. But um, but God, it's so damn good. And I don't know that I don't know that. Uh, anybody except for those of us who grew up watching on cable realize how great it is, but like it is so it's good. fucking good. Um, so I watched that. Uh, I'm actually I have eight minutes left on it on Tremors Five, but Tremors Five, solid, better than three, not as good as one or two, but solid entry. Jamie Kennedy is not nearly as annoying as you'd think he would be. Um, Just happy to hear that. Yeah. Good. And then <laughs> um, and then we can we can keep going because the last three I actually want to talk about a little more. Oh. <clears throat> um. Another one that I watched, uh, one I'd been meaning to for a while, we finally got around to it, uh, is Her with Joaquin Phoenix and ScarJo. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. How was it? I loved it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, to me, it's more of, I look at it as more as a romantic horror. 
than I do anything. And the horror elements are not, you know, blood, guts, monsters. The horror element is more of paranoia. And as you have to really pay attention to the background in this movie. Yeah. Because the things you notice in the background, Shrey and I were discussing, really creepy. Really? Yeah, because as the movie progresses and as he's developing a relationship with, um, oh, shit, I forgot her name. Her name's that's used in the movie. But Scarlett Johansson's voiceover. Yeah, right. Um, the AI. Thing. Right. Yeah. As he's talking or developing a relationship, if you the camera is just wide enough <coughs> most of the time in the background, there's not much of a population. It's very scarce, even in a city. Like there's not, and I, I think we only saw one person walking a dog. Interesting. So like that's, it's almost because because everyone is this new thing. Everyone, and the more he progresses to the movie, the more he starts seeing other people with this new technology, and it's just really it's really contained. And uh, shot really, really well. Wow. Um, so, uh, is it Spike? Is it Spike Jones? Spike Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really loved. It. I loved the subtle hints and just like his. You could tell he was he was providing messages visually and not trying to explain everything. Yeah. I hear a complaint about it is the lead character is a big fucking whiny baby. He's really soft. Um. He's unlikable because he's such a bitch. To be honest, for part, I don't think for so. He he's a he's a broken character. He's broken, and I feel like uh, I mean this isn't a spoiler. Like him and his wife get a divorce in the story, and you know, like to some people that's devastating. That's almost that can be almost as devastating as a death yeah. to people. You know, it is, it's a well, death it's of a love. It's well, separation. You know, like the like the ways of the top like stressful. Yeah, top stressful things can happen to you. It's like. Divorce, uh, death, change of job. Yeah, change of job. Yeah, exactly. Disor- yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, that's how, I mean, he was. I also so... think, like, sometimes, and I've noticed this about people, they a lot of people hate a character that I like. And and a lot of times it is people who are, like, in movies who are more sensitive or who aren't, who aren't, um, they don't react to a situation in a perfect way. They're more human. A lot of people won't like that person. Or it'll be a kid who isn't necessarily, like, like the kid in the Babadook. Yeah. Everyone's like, fucking kill that kid. And I'm like, I felt for that kid yeah. like well, what about a character like Miguel Zalazar in Day of the Dead what do you feel about him which one is that it's the he's a guy who's always picked on and then he kind the of guy gets his, his arm zombies, cut off he lets the zombies in he's um, really unstable because he's so stressed out I don't know I don't remember hating him I don't know if but I, I like in that him, situation I would I, I would I like blame him I blame the people for not working together and trying to figure out a way to help him like ease the pain. Like no, they the, shouldn't. Yeah, they put the pressure on him bad, right. and he was the weak link, and they, they always fuck with him because he keeps fucking up. He yeah. gets some people killed. You know what I mean? But in the second time it actually happens, it's not his fault, and they blame him anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's how I think of Joaquin Phoenix's character in this movie. Like he's he's a broken character, and when he discovers and become befriends this AI, the AI is replacing things that he lost or never even really had in the relationship to begin with. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a very uh, interesting concept to be honest so yeah. the saying that you can uh, replace uh, the affection of a person with a machine which is why the background visuals were so creepy and great to me like not seeing the like this is a huge city you know and like you like most movies that depict cities there's always crowds there's always cars movement very little traffic and it was just like it was a reminder of like that's that's probably where we would we would probably end up going if something that advanced happened. No wonder kids don't go trick or treating. They have everything at their fingertips. What, what, what do we say about a society that no longer needs each other to? Think? I don't know. I don't know if I'm on your 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 on I'm board saying, with your kids don't go trick or treating. I think kids go trick or treating. 
maybe just not where we're at anymore. Well, they, don't go, they don't go in my neighborhood because I'm in a shitball neighborhood where people get shot down the street. They didn't go very much in uh, my neighborhood, which wasn't a great neighborhood, but even at my mom's house, it didn't happen very much anymore, mm. and that's a, that used to be a, a thriving neighborhood. I, think. I mean, how many kids are down there anymore, though? I mean, You're right. I mean, well, now they, they do these school things. Well, they'll yeah. have a school or a church, and all the kids will go there, and it's just safer. I just think it's safer. That. It's not a free-for-all like it was when we were a kid. We were just like going through the neighborhood doing whatever. Never had my candy stolen. Never seen anybody get their candy stolen. Me never either. even heard of a kid getting their candy stolen. No, not even candy stolen. I've never heard of a kid getting poisoned or anything no, like nothing dangerous ever yeah. happened. And I remember there was a hole in my bag once, and I left a trail of candy. Well, now we have it. all these memes to scare moms on Facebook. Right, right. Like, 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 like the, you know, that you see things going around, and I see, like, moms reposting them, like, God, watch out! <laughs> and I'm like, it's not real. <laughs> like, research it. That didn't happen. They, they, they didn't. They're putting dynamite in the raisins. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's pop rock those little things you throw on the fire yeah, yeah, yeah. and raisin it's like I'm right. blowing your tooth out <laughs> I ain't paying that dental bill <laughs> but uh oh what was I gonna say about the uh, oh the person that actually did poison the candy was the guy who poisoned his own kid and to get rid of him yeah and then he like he tried to blame somebody else for poisoning the candy well it's just like the thing if one one isolated incident happens anywhere everyone thinks it's gonna happen to them yeah and it's just like you can't live life in fear like that. Like you, no. you what kind of life is that? You South Park made a really funny view about that. That's her name. Sorry, I was trying to think of that. What Samantha. was it? Samantha. Samantha is the AI's name. Do you remember the South Park where they're like, uh, was it Butters who doesn't trust anyone, and then Santa Claus comes to his room to tell him to trust, and then Santa Claus ends up being a pervert. He ends up being a pedophile at the end. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the cops are like, "Get out of the That's the, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I remember that. That's good. And that guy's on the the guy who's like a paraplegic, or is that a paraplegic or a quadriplegic? Quadriplegic is when you call four. Yeah. Well, he's on the railroad tracks, quadriplegic. He's like, help me, kid. Help me. And he's like, I can't talk to strangers. And he gets ran over by the train. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, kid, really? Help me. Oh. Uh, Oh, God. That's good stuff. I can uh, breeze through a couple really quick that okay. we're all familiar with. I started watching Bride of Frankenstein, which I don't know if I've ever seen the whole thing of Bride of Frankenstein. It's 30 minutes left, and yeah. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, quite I just say now. you're always talking shit about Bride of Frankenstein. A years ago, I didn't like the little midget guy. I was in a piss-poor mood, and they had all the people in the jars, and I was like, this is just too much. And now <laughs> I'm, I'm always being an asshole. And then I started watching it again, and I'm like, this is really great, especially the scene so far with the... Uh, I know I'm like I shouldn't be talking about because I haven't seen it. I I just seen a lot of these movies as a kid a bunch of times. That's all I used to watch. Yeah. Movies now I don't revisiting them as something special, but I want to give them all my undivided attention. And I fortunately had to. I was getting rushed, but just the scene with the Frankenstein and the violin guy so touching. Yeah. It started yeah. making me get. And even out. like some of the some of the camera placements and stuff like that. How they how they how they were playing around even then in the thirties. Also, Bride is more playful than also a lot of like things the, like Dracula and Mummy. The special effects on the little. People. That's cool. It's amazing cool. for the time. Like that was the 30s or 40s. Yeah. Was it 30s or 40s? 30s. The original Frankenstein's 30s, so this one's yeah. like 36 or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually, I actually like Bride more than uh, more than Frankenstein. I think they're, it's less cheesy. Like Hair Vogel's very cheesy in the first Frankenstein. Yeah. He's like, oh boy, it's Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> but the Burgermaster's cheesy too. They're all cheesy. And that too. lady who's like, I told you. <laughs> Who James Whale puts in everything. She's in the Invisible Man. She's oh, the one who's like, she's... oh. Fucking irritating and invisible. Yeah. I love the invisible man to death, but that her, you just want to like reach in and just smack her. Like She's bring so her back dumb to life and annoying. And smack her. I uh, I watched Dracula and the Mummy, which are probably the ones that out of the originals that are most poo pooed on. 
and then the Wolfman. Those three are probably like the ones. Dracula, that, you think? No. Well, Mummy and the Wolfman, maybe. But the Mummy is slow, and uh, it, later the sequels, the Mummy actually was killing people. The mummy, yeah. actual Mummy, but I think it's a pretty good movie. I don't have money problems yeah, with yeah. it. I mean, it's it's a solid, obviously classic film, and Boris Karloff's makeup in that with his wrinkled face and stuff looks really great. Uh, you know, there's it, it's kind of a slow burn. Dracula is beautiful for the lines that Dracula says. There's far worse things than death and things like that. It's just a lot of and, very, very and cool lines. really subtle things in Dracula. The way it edited, though, like the cuts and stuff, it's like, we can't, it, it, you could tell, I wonder if there's a lot of stuff cut out of that. Or just, they just didn't shoot it because the, the original book track goes very long, but there's just a lot of stuff cutting and stuff like that. But they're both classics. What do you can, what can you possibly say about Mummy, Dracula, and the Bride of Frankenstein? It, it just depends. Like, if you're the type of person that turns on Dracula and you start laughing at the bats on a string, like, it's probably not going to work yeah, for you as a movie. I didn't movie. even care about that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I don't either. even care about that stuff now. Yeah, like, I, you have to be able to suspend your disbelief and become a part of that world to enjoy those movies. But I will say... Out of all of those, the one that I, I really don't like very much is Wolfman. Mm. Wolfman doesn't work for me very well. I love the human character of of uh, Lawrence Talbot, but like the rest of the movie just doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't work for me. Not as much as like Creature or Dracula or Frankenstein. I think that the most relatable monsters are definitely the Creature. I like the Creature of Frankenstein. Yeah. I think, as a kid, I liked the Wolfman and the Creature. Just because they're design and how they are, but I just like the creature in the Frankenstein. They're just how yeah. can you not like the Frankenstein? Creature is my favorite out of He's all. He's the those. best. He, it's the best one. It's the best movie too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's the best movie. Um, it's the fifties of fifty four. I don't love the sequels, but I I really like the original. Um, I've grown a new appreciation for the Invisible Man, well, that I didn't have before. Now I watch it. I'm like, this is hilarious and amazing. It's the. the technical things they achieve that like the, and um i watched a thing i found a thing online or i didn't watch it, i read it because there is no like video of how they did it explaining how they had to do everything and it's like holy shit yeah. i mean it's all optical process like it's just it's wild to, to to realize what they did to make it work yeah one more kind of older movie not a universal but i watched roman Polanski's fearless vampire killers which is based i believe on a book that was turned in a movie that was turned into a play that I've heard so much about, and I hear the play's really good. Not popular here, popular overseas. But Fearless Vampire Killers, uh, Jeremy described it best in a sentence, uh, if you had to shrink it down, of people quietly bumping into each other in the dark. Politely <laughs> bumping into each other in the dark. <laughs> it has these slapstick moments, but it is an hour and 45 minutes, and the ballroom is, is beautiful. There's lots of great shots. There's lots of cool things they do in the choreographed stuff, but it is long-winded, and there's... Who's in the cast? It's like uh, a... Roman Polanski's in it. Oh, really? He's in it? Mm -hmm. Wow. And there's lots of cute stuff in it, and it's fun. And uh, it's a good movie, but uh, there's a... It, you know what? It is is long-winded. There's a lot of air in it, and yeah. it's funny because they speed up some of the frames. I don't know if they did that for comedy purposes, and to to kill some time in it, to like, we need to cut some You know out. what's weird? I, I don't know if it's just the version that's on Voodoo, but I've never noticed before. I watched... Horror of Dracula, which I forgot to put on this list yeah. the other day, and there's a bunch of parts in that where it's been sped up. I, I, yeah, I noticed that too on the Voodoo one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they speed up people walking across rooms and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, this movie's like that too, but this yeah. is a DVD. I watched the DVD. So I think weird. they do it on purpose just because they're like, this movie is two hours and ten minutes. You need to get it down like ten minutes. Yeah. That's what I think they did, but it's just the choreographed. Like dances and some of the things that happen and the slapstick stuff is really well. Really it's done it's here. jarring in Horror of Dracula because it becomes really smooth mm -hmm. and it looks like they did it digitally and I don't remember it ever looking like that before. So it really like it was jarring to me. I was like, why is this happening? I I didn't like it because like even I can understand 
the reasoning behind it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's those moments that I like where something that slow is happening. It gives me time to appreciate. Well, in Horror scene. of Dracula is such a build to a crescendo yeah. that I'm like, let it breathe, let it play. Well, yeah. Fearless is, is comedic, so yeah. you can get away with that kind of stuff. Like, the speeding up, like, three stooges slamming each other. Yeah. But yeah, Horror of Dracula is not is, very funny. Is there a decent Blu-ray release of Horror of Dracula? I want to say there's there might be one out coming because they've been starting to release a lot of the uh, the Hammer stuff here. But the funny thing about Hammer is all the movies are owned by different companies. Yeah. Like in UK, Optimum Releasing pretty much owns the big bulk of them. But yeah. here, it's like, well, Warner Brothers owns this and someone so is releasing this. And it's just a pain in the ass. I wish, like, I don't want to track down 50 fucking Hammer movies on Blu-ray and spend 20 bucks a piece That's, when I, I, mean, I want even, a set. Even when they do the sets, there's always some missing. Like, yeah. Like, you know how hard it is to find all the Frankensteins and Draculas? Oh, Dracula's? it's a pain in the ass. I have all the Draculas and Frankensteins, and they're not easy to find. There's like That's nine Draculas, and there's seven Frankensteins, not including the horror of Frankenstein, which is like a semi-remake, and a TV movie, Tales from Frankenstein, which I don't... You know what I mean? So there's like <laughs> fucking a hundred, and then there's also these vampire what about that? that don't involve Dracula. Hundreds of hammer movies that are vampire, not hundreds, but like 10, 15 vampire movies that don't have Dracula in them at all. What about that House of Frankenstein 1997? I don't even... Oh, that's a TV movie. Yeah. Right? Have you ever seen it? No. I liked it when I was a kid. I don't know if I like that. All I remember, though, is I was bummed out because Wolfman eats it really quick. He's not in it for very long. We can't afford that special effects. But uh, <laughs> but I always liked it because Dracula turns into this big, crazy rubber monster. Yeah. Like, he turns into a big bat creature. Um, so I watched, uh, and I know you watched it, too. I watched Call Girl Cthulhu. Yep. Uh, I went into this movie expecting it to be, like, a new favorite because the trailer is so good. I'm like, this is right up my alley. We thought it would be a 10. And I think it's fine. I think it's good. It's well put together, but it just didn't really do a lot for me. Like I, I, I like I like it, but it didn't wow me at all. Like I said, it's less like H.P. Lovecraft, more like a Frank Hinolotter movie without as much sleaze, without that grit to it. Doesn't have it's like a Hinolotter movie, which are like H.P. Lovecraft, but they don't <coughs> have the grit to it. It has that silliness. I it. think I think one of my main problems with it is. Aside from, like, they name some of the characters after Lovecraft characters, and aside the fact that they call a monster Cthulhu, that to me, which Dave said that, like, he thinks it's just Cthulhu's tentacles coming through a portal, doesn't resemble Cthulhu at all. And I'm like, you can't really play with what that guy looks like. Like, it's established. He's a physical thing. He's in a Mm -hmm. physical place. Um uh, unlike unlike other Lovecraft creatures, where you could yeah. you can almost in a sense put your own spin to it. You, you can, show you can take you can take Nier Lafatep and make him into something crazy. You can take Shoggoths and kind of throw your own spin on it. But mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't know that you can really mess with the image of Cthulhu too much. But other than those things, it had nothing. Like I don't know if like they hadn't actually read any Lovecraft or if they did just didn't understand it the way I do. But like there was nothing Lovecrafty in a about it at all in the making of they explained that they knew hp lovecraft style more than hp lovecraft when he had knew what the hp lovecraft style was like because reanimator and stuff like that so but that's but see that's not a love no yeah that's what he was saying that's Basically, not lovecraft like style those. that's stuart gordon style it's more like stuart gordon style yeah. or even a heating lotter style than that but uh, i did enjoy it i thought the special effect monsters like the monster tentacles and blobs yeah. were really cool yeah. i thought some of the other effects were shot so broad, like so clean and crisp that you could just see the seams really easy yeah. and me talking about that's really kind of shitty because it's like you know what i mean like i don't i don't know this stuff i think that they should have less lingered on the head chopping offs yeah there was and some heads about it there were some special effects like heads exploding or heads being chopped off that it was like uh, it should have been a quick cut the monster effects were fucking great though 
I yeah. think of the tentacle lady. Oh, yeah, they were really fun. They were fun. I mean, the one at the end was real dorky because it didn't move. It. It's just like, Aah. I liked but, it a lot. I mean, it reminds me of Basket Case's face. It's what worth watching. Like, if you watch the trailer and you like and you and you're interested by it, like, definitely check it out. But I just I went in with such high expectations. I thought it was going to be the best movie of the year, but uh, it's seven out of ten for me, which is really high. But I thought it was going to be a ten for ten. I thought it was going to blow me away. I like it a lot, but I didn't think I, I just thought I was going to love it. And a lot of the lighting I like. I, it, it's cool. It's just... I, George Stover's really great in it, too. Yeah, but I like watching him and stuff. Yeah, he's fun. Well, that was that was one of the problems. That the actual call girl herself isn't a likable character. And the, the movie wants her to be. But I'm like, why am I supposed to like her? She's mean. She flirts with the line of likable at points, but then by the end, she's not. I didn't think she was likable ever. I was just like, what a bitch. <laughs> I think it's really like... It, to make Lovecraft adaptations... I mean, you have the fun ones, too, like Stuart Gordon's. I think yeah. the closest Stuart Gordon comes to a Lovecraft feel is from Beyond. I agree, because mm. that one's really... His, his, the problem is... Still has that sleaze, though. I don't yeah. think that H.P. Lovecraft was a sleazy person. No. He no, doesn't not. even... Well, H.P. Per- Lovecraft is so asexual, seemingly. Like, I don't even... You know what I mean? For a lot of it. And one of the, one of the, one of the good examples of, the, uh, of a really solid adaptation, because it's so slow and it, it leads up to a great Lovecraftian ending, is The Resurrected. Have yeah. you ever seen that? Yeah. I have it, but it's I never watched it. It's good. It. That's, that's one of the closest. It comes really close. I think all the, the best Lovecraft movies aren't Lovecraft movies. Yeah. Like um, like Alien, The Thing. In uh, the Mouth of Madness. Mad, in the Mouth of Madness. What was the other one? Oh, Prince of Darkness is yeah, Lovecraft. Yeah, like, uh, Fulci. Yeah, and Fulci stuff, like, especially The Beyond. Beyond City of Living Dead, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Those like things that aren't actually Lovecraft adaptations always end up being more of that style well, i think that uh what well, which one city of the living dead might have been partially a dunwich horror story and uh house by the cemetery is the one with the what's the guy in the basement that i can't remember it's another lovecraft story too yeah oh i just i mean but yeah i think when people think lovecraft they just think like slime and tentacles and stuff and it's not it's so not about that the at Evil all dead is lovecraftian yeah, it's in its own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a demon coming from a different world. Essentially, you just have to not know what kind of creature is coming It's, it's the unknown, yeah. and it's the weird. It, I mean, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting. Like, I think uh, La Martina and his crew, and it may be, they could have been totally consciously doing it, and they know more than, I, than I'm giving them credit for. It just didn't come across that way. It really just felt like, like that they knew Lovecraft via Stuart Gordon and they were going to trying to make a Stuart Gordon movie. That's what it seemed like. It, they, he says that in the thing, I knew Lovecraftian field before I knew who Lovecraft was. Well, yeah, he and does say that. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. And but then fun. in the making of, he goes on to like quote Lovecraft, which is, I'm like, that means you read it. So like, why did it, you're so far off the mark? You know, I think Lovecraft is probably impossible to do. I think, yeah, I think a perfect adaptation is impossible because like we like we say in that film of ours, <laughs> Night of the Tentacles, aka Heart Attack, like his stories were more about the effect on the mind than what you were actually seeing. And sometimes you didn't know. You had very unreliable fucking storytellers. Yep, which yep, is unreliable really narrators. The, like I said, the best way to do a Lovecraft would be an anthology about a nut house talking to characters that were affected by it, and yeah. then they just tell the stories. Well, and then at the end, maybe one of these characters brings something through. Yeah. There could there is a possibility of doing a really great adaptation, but no one's going to give Del Toro the the means to do it. Oh yeah, Mountains of Madness. Yeah. I mean, that'd probably be the one we'll never see. He would do a, <laughs> he would do a great Mountains of Madness and he would do a great Dreams of Unknown Kadat. <laughs> well, there was a the thing at the doorstep was a low budget one that was in black and white HB Lovecraft adapted. I've adaptation. heard of it, I've never seen it though. Is it good? I think it, it yeah, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. 
I think it's pretty decent. That's it. I think it, you have to. It's more about an atmosphere than about monsters. Like you have yeah. to have to get. Which is why I say like you know, Alien is a monster movie. Like the atmosphere of Alien is that sort of Lovecraftian feel. And then the mouth of madness is kind of weird too because it comes from like the book, the story. It's very bizarre. It's such a weird fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else you got, buddy? Uh, I watched uh, rewatched the Red Sin Tower, and I watched all fucking like 80 million hours on those discs all five discs <laughs> i got a copy um, of that but i haven't put it and in it yet. made me realize that like i like a lot of independent movies but i like a grit to them like i like them to be less polished like when they're independent i like them to be gritty like and that's a time when they made movies like like the item and red sin tower and colobus like they weren't shot super crisp and like a lot of times when a low budget movie shot really crisp it just looks like it's trying to it tries to do everything that a mainstream movie does but it just comes off as a bad version of a mainstream movie right, without yeah, having that crazy, yeah. nasty, just insane like energy. And Red Sin Tower does have that like nice, insane energy. And I really love the Red Sin Tower. And Red Sin Tower is well shot, but it doesn't yeah. look like a Hollywood movie. No, it, it, it's it's a it's a toe tag movie, and it, it you know and it, it it flirts with the. It's enough for a mainstream audience to maybe watch it, but I, approach it. But I absolutely agree with you. I don't think that underground filmmakers should be trying to mimic what they do in Hollywood. Because we can't. It's impossible. And, it, and sure, you can get your image quality closer because you can go rent a red, a red whatever the new red camera is, the red dragon. Like and all this new handheld 4K. Yeah, yeah. You can go and get that stuff and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, but you're not going to have the production design. You're not going to have the special effects. And all you're doing by making your movie look more crisp and nice and good showing the seams. is showing the seams and showing how little other stuff you have. If you keep everything sort of at the same level of of low budgetiness then the the audience is a little more forgiving i think and also that's why a lot of low budget filmmakers do throwbacks to make them look old yeah and stuff but i'm also thinking that i think it's also just an aesthetic thing that i like like growing up watching tempe all the time like dead next door and like skin alive all those movies were shot on video yeah. well, the shot of film dead next door was but like just growing up seeing a lot of shot on video or stuff like that i just bloodletting it's just i have a feeling that like i kind of have a fondness of that look well, and I have people say all the time, like, you know, Dustin, why aren't you shooting in 4K? And did you see this new camera and this new blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, first of all, I can't afford any of that shit. And if I'm going to make a movie and I have the budget, I'm not going to spend it on camera equipment. Like, it, it's, it doesn't make sense to me. Because my movies are not being projected in cinemas worldwide. They'll never be. Like, they're being, they're being mostly watched on DVD on v, and on VOD. And when that standard gets to 4K... I'll probably start shooting 4K and really crisp, clear, and stuff like that. But for now, and it has been for the past, you know, three, four years I've been making movies, the DSLR does just fine. I can make those images look good, and I think they suit what I'm doing and stuff like that. And I think people get really hung up on their equipment. Like I said, I think that a great way to explain a lot of independent filmmaking is just have two giant bright lights, this amazing camera, like a little cartoon, and these a bunch of people standing around there, and uh, everything's focused on a steaming pile of shit. Because <laughs> the story and a lot of the other things are shit, but they only worry about the equipment and the lighting and stuff like that. And I'm not saying, don't even worry about that shit, but... I mean, you and should you to a certain extent, but you don't let it control everything. You do your best. You, you do the best with what you got, and I think that's what... I think that's what that, that independent energy is about. It's not about creating like the best looking thing. It's about telling your story in your in your voice and with with what you have available. Like there's something really charming to me about that energy and that ingenuity and that creativity. Brian Paul's movies. Yeah. Shot they're even 
sometimes Bra- too bad looking for me, but I love his movies. Brian's movies look like they're shot on a potato. But his movies are awesome. But the movies are great. They're creative and the effects are fun. And that's another thing. Like, and I'm not saying this to diss Brian at all, but like his effects aren't realistic. Like his gore and stuff isn't real looking, but, but it's, it's in his but world. it's cool looking. It's, it's in his world though. He it's in his, his voice world. and his world, and it's instantly recognizable, and it's awesome. And um, I just, world. I just wish people would realize the importance of that. I was gonna say, there's like he has his own style. You put in a Brian Pollard, that's a Brian Pollard fucking yeah. movie. There's certain people that you put in movies like old, even a Van Bever. This is a fucking Van Bever movie. You Eric know, Stanzi immediately. You, Eric Stanzi, and you just know, you know, there's their movies. And now I fear that. I'm just coming with this idea right now. I fear that a lot of the independent filmmakers nowadays, they're all going to be, who is this? I don't know. It looks the same as yeah. everybody else's movie. Yeah. There's no, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just feel like as an independent filmmaker, you should be not be striving for your horror movie to look like a TV movie. Mm-hmm. And I see that happening. Like, honestly, like, Call of Girl of Cthulhu looks like that. It looks like it was made <laughs> for, like, a ABC Family a little bit or Better something. bright colors, though. The, the lighting. No, lighting's better, but the just the, the picture quality. The other thing, too, is, have you noticed this trend of people not moving their fucking camera? Sitting on a tripod, you mean? I'm so tired of stable shots of everything. And obviously, like, compose your shot, get a beautiful shot on, on the stick, you know. Mm. But break it the fuck up sometimes. Do do a POV shot. Do a handheld shot. Like like break it up. Like give me something interesting to look at. If every shot in your movie is a is a is a just a camera on a stick, I get fucking bored. Oh, and that's you know creep. Yeah, was kind of like I guess you'd say found footage, even though it's not found footage. But you know what I mean. It was kind of that deal. But with that way to shoot, <clears throat> you can take the camera anywhere you want. Yep. And now that, that's actually become like a staple in movies. Somebody will pick up a camera and that'd be part of You know what I mean? Yeah. It happens in there. Which kind well, of and also fun. I see so many people are so averse to what they call shaky cam that they won't dare take the camera in their hand. I have seen cameras too shaky though too. Yeah, absolutely. But that's when they're, they're like, when it's being done on purpose and to a ridiculous degree, handheld still works. Like there's still reasons to do handheld shots. There's still reasons to have that shakiness. Yeah. The, the problem is, don't shoot your entire fucking movie like that because it's, it makes you nauseous. Yeah. And don't do it to the degree where we can't tell what's going on. You have to find the happy the happy medium. But I just, I'm getting, I, I see so many movies, and I don't want to name names, but I see so many modern indie horror movies coming out where the camera is so boring. And they're like, you know, and in their heads, they're like, look how crisp the picture is. Like, it's so good. Our dynamic range is so high. There's no noise. It's not overexposed, all this stuff. But the camera just fucking sits there, you know? (laughs) It's just also, I think it's a personal preference to me, too. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I like like to to get crazy. I mean, it's in this medium, you have to let, you have to take viewers on a visual journey. Like, that's the whole point of movies yeah so you know like you have to be you have to be playful and experimental even in like simple like just drama or romance stories like you you can do that you can be playful do interesting stuff find interesting ways to do scene transitions yeah i i just feel like in the indie horror world we should try to be a little bit more like sam raimi and a little less like jim jarmusch is what i'm saying (laughs) jim jarmusch is a great filmmaker but he never moves his goddamn camera and it's like unless you're telling a story with with the caliber of actors that jim jarmusch has Move your fucking camera. That's why Eric Sanzi was awesome. Because yeah. he was like, even when he didn't have the equipment, he was like, well, I'm just going to hop on this forklift and raise me up and I'll get some crazy fucking shots from the Absolutely. sky. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's you. You're not answering anybody. I mean, I think that a lot of these people are, you know, they're trying to make their days and stuff. But when you're certain on a certain like dirt cheap fucking 
$5,000 budget. I ain't got to answer it anyway. This is my day. I'll do yeah. what the fuck I want. If I want to take an extra shot of me running backwards and then fucking reverse the <laughs> footage just for no apparent reason, yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, and it's not like we're shooting on film. Like, it's too expensive to do. Like, I mean, well, and I just think, like, uh, and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody because I know that I'm not, but, like, on Invalid, there is so much planning in Invalid around the shots that I wanted. Like, we have some really creative shots, I think, in Invalid. And uh, the camera is stable a lot, but the camera is stable a lot so that when the camera isn't, you wake the fuck up. Like, you know, all of a sudden we're in a POV scene and you're watching someone get fucking stabbed, you know, and it's crazy quick cut and everything like that. Mm. And it's so different from what you just watched that it's, that it stands out. It's memorable, hopefully. But, like, I don't know if you remember, but I had it, like, color-coded in my script. Like, yeah. I knew, like, this is a transition, so at the end of the shot, the camera needs to do this so that it transitions to the next scene. And it worked out really well. Like, we have these really cool, seamless transitions. You know, we go down drains and come out sinks and we go behind things and or people step into the foreground and transition the scene. Like, you know, it and it didn't. it wasn't that hard to do. It just took me deciding where I wanted to do it and then taking a highlighter to my script and knowing where it was going to happen. Pre-production. It doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> I think that it, it just comes down to some people think that aesthetics matter more than script and story. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's what Aesthet it comes down to. Aesthetics do matter. They matter. They and, matter. It, and if you can accomplish something really cool and really different or really energetic, like, energy is the word that always comes to my mind. I just want movies to have energy. Yeah. If you can do that, then by all means, fucking do it. But absolutely, the script matters. The script, it at the end of the day... The script and that we can hear the script, you know, like the, the sound is at least good enough that we can hear and understand what's going on in the story. And I, I, I'm going to address this here. Like I review movies and I'm also, I act in movies and I'm trying to make my own movies. And I absolutely fucking hate when I dislike something about a movie, especially an independent movie, because now I have to talk about it and people are going to be like, okay, well, your movie has all these millions of problems. Yeah. I, and, you know, I want you to tell me these problems. I try to do it. I try to attack a movie. Not attack. I never try to attack. Right, I try right. to approach a movie and tell you what I like and what I dislike without without giving too much away or without tearing it down to shreds because there's yeah. no point to that. Unconstructive criticism is dumb. Right. Being, oh, man, that doesn't help. You're being an asshole. No need for it. You think you're getting a laugh, but you're really just too stupid to, right. uh, to, to say what you mean. Well, and and I, I, I just feel like I'm flirting with a fine line and I got to be honest, but I also don't want to be... It's mean. hard, man, because I, I don't even want to... I don't. Sometimes I don't even want to post about big budget movies because I've posted about huge movies and said I didn't like them or didn't like this about them and had people attack me for it like because I make movies. Yeah. And it's like, fuck you. Like, but, but what it all comes down to is everyone, every filmmaker has different priorities. My point is just that. When you, if you're, if you're starting out as a filmmaker, if you're struggling as a filmmaker, whatever, when you're coming into this, this, this genre, this subgenre, whatever it is, I don't want to call it a scene because I fucking have grown to hate that term. When you're coming into this, look at what's already there. You got to see what's there. And do something different. You got to. That's a problem with a lot of independent filmmakers. Like you'll see, like I'm saying, what's wrong? What's wrong with any independent thing is because yeah. they love like the mainstream and they don't, they want to make their own. So they basically go off these mainstream movies and pretty soon you have 75 fucking low-budget slashers and none of them have seen the other low-budget slashers. They think they're doing something completely original and to them they are. It's not like they ripped anybody off. Yeah. But there's 75 other guys that just did it and they all come out at the same time you're like, oh, a throwback to a slasher movie that's yeah. just like this movie that they didn't see but it's just, uh, they're all like bad versions of Friday 13th. And yeah. it's just like, but because they've only watched Friday the 13th. And they haven't watched they, Friday the 13th, or they haven't watched like a they haven't Mr. Watched Flunky's all the murder go-kart <laughs> yeah. or something. Mr. That's, Flunky's that's my next movie. Mr. Flunky's murder go-kart. <laughs> Mr. Flunky, yeah. But no, I mean, that's that's absolutely true. And 
Um, I actually just watched a video about this online where they were they were stressing to filmmakers, um, watch things that you don't think you'll like. Watch bad movies. Watch things that you normally wouldn't watch because if you, you don't want to get stuck in a cycle of um, you're just watching the same kind of thing over and over again and then repeating it yourself. I could, I mean, that's great advice for any field. Yeah. Um, writing trying to paint like yeah study paintings you know you wouldn't want to study read things you want you want to read and i'm sure that there's somebody listening to this who's like you know fuck you mills your movies aren't that good but even if my movie even if you don't think my movies are good and you don't like them you can't argue with the fact that they are all almost complete i mean except for little mills isms completely fucking different from the last one like it's hard to find two that are very much alike and that's going to change i'm sure eventually i'll cycle back around and start making stuff like easter casket and blah 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 but like they're all bizarre and different at least at the very fucking least mine's going to be the same my halloween tour is the crusties again on halloween but that's okay because crusties is amazing well we all wanted to do it we all wanted to do it again that's why <laughs> <laughs> like i could do that better <laughs> but i watched uh let me go to i watched scarewaves which i had again another call girl cthulhu i loved i just thought it was going to be my favorite movie of the year uh, scare waves. I thought I was going to absolutely love it, yeah. and it came off as just average to me, which really just which really made me sad as hell because I know a lot of people involved with the movie, and I was like, I want to love this movie, but <laughs> it just really made me be like, oh, Creep Show is the best movie ever made. <laughs> well, I was watching it. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's a Henry Coda movie. He's very busy all the time. Done movies. It has like Aaron Ryan and Haley Madison, Joni Dernian and Josh, Josh Miller, Miller, all people I know. And Titus all Wolverton's in it. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of people. And uh, I don't know. Some people come off really great in it and other people come off wooden in it. And I don't know if it's the dialogue. I think it might be the dialogue because there's sometimes people I know is like, oh, these people are usually good. And I'm just like, this dialogue is coming off really wooden and stale. And I don't know if it's just they didn't get the character or they just, it's the dialogue itself. Because yeah. I mean, you can't cast John Candy as Eddie Murphy like role and get a good performance. Yeah. I don't care how good of an actor both those guys are. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I just think it might be the dialogue written in. The stories, uh, I know that not every horror movie requires blood. And this does have some blood here and there. I just think it needs more blood. I think it needs more effects, more craziness. And because I mean, it just, it reminds me of Creep Show so much in a lot of the ways the stories unfold. And most of them involve at least some part of it being dead people coming back to life and killing them. Like three of the, three of the four at least have something like that happening. And it's kind of like, even though they had two like that creep show, it's kind of like if you're going to remind me so much of Creep Show, then you should probably do some of the things that Creep Show does more. I know it's its own movie, but they had a cool monster and stuff like in it. And uh, like I said, I just and uh, I like the setup a lot. I love the setup, and uh, I just wish that uh, it had more special effects in it. And I wish that some of the uh, characters I liked better, maybe they came off more realistic. Yeah. Think. But uh, yeah, I think that a lot of people will like it. I just think, like I said, it just made me want to watch Creepshow really bad. Yeah. I really like Creepshow. And I really like anthologies. I've seen many, many. Which can hurt a movie. I've seen movies like that where it reminds me so much of a better, like a, I'm, I mean, not trying to be mean when I say this, but it reminds me so much of a better movie that it just kind of makes me wish I was watching that movie instead. But I do appreciate that he made an anthology because not enough people are making anthologies yeah. to me and not enough people are taking the, you know, like, doing like love letters to like creep show instead of right. I, I like i know i just complained about love letters to slasher movies but yeah but i don't mind love letters but there to are genres m- that don't get them there are a million love letters to night of the living dead there's a million love letters to friday the 13th, friday the 13th. like it, it'd be cool to see some other stuff like, like i mean you're, you're doing love letters to like gremlins critters and ghoulies i'm doing love letters to bad movies yeah which is which well, is bad movies deserve love letters though if i love it yeah absolutely but uh I think most people should check it out, but uh, I just said, again, 
my goddamn high hopes. Yeah. And I waited like two years for this one too. And I I'm excited for it too. Like I I, I want to see it and um like I'm gonna I'm still gonna go into it with an open mind, but um I think I think Aaron has a copy for me to watch. It doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It just means that I didn't like it as much as I wish I did, which yeah. is about every movie you've ever seen, even if it's your favorite movie. <laughs> I wish I liked it more. Yeah. So yeah. what do you want? Yeah, you know I mean. Um, I have two more, and I'm gonna blow through them kind of quick here. Uh, I watched Little Sisters, which is a which is a porno that I got from the Vinegar Syndrome guys at Cinema Wasteland. <laughs> I got three pornos, and they're all directed by this guy named Dorenzi. And uh, this stop me. He was like perving out beside me. Uh, basically, these guys were like, Dustin, we watched Apple Cart and loved it, and we think you should watch these movies. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I I uh, watched them. I don't know. I'm a little disturbed that they watched Apple Cart and thought of these movies. Because I'm watching Little Sisters, and I'm just like, this is for a level of pervert that I don't think I will ever attain. You have, gro- <laughs> you have grown women pretending to be 12 and getting gang raped by gang... They literally in the movie say, she's only 12! And I'm like, that's a five foot eight woman with bush and breasts. That's not a 12-year-old. Thank goodness, because then she gets gang raped. And uh, there's... Uh, gangs that live in swimming pools and gay monk gangs and gay monks with green wieners they have orgies they have orgies are they corpses I don't know I didn't understand what was going on there and a uh, spirit of the wilderness that's played by a midget and his name is uh, Derek I believe it's like I'm Derek spirit spirit of the forest he just appears and and it's uh, it's nonsense the western's much better yeah, it's on a double feature with a movie called Powder Burns by the same director that I haven't watched the yet. The Western's really great because they try to like tie it together with like a narration and it's still at the end. You're like, I Didn't know. make any sense. Still didn't make any sense. And then he has the, another one called uh, that I got called Pretty Peaches. I haven't seen that one. Which I guess is the best out of those three. But And there's sequels to Pretty Peaches. Hmm. Um, and then I watched uh, Chris Seaver's Evil Night. And, I, and I'm going to say something here. I have watched a few Chris Seaver movies in my day and have not only disliked them, fucking hated them like uh mulva the zombie ass kicker i hated um whatever the trauma one with, with teen ape uh i don't remember what it's called but uh, it's like teen ape nazi yada yada stuff i fucking hated it like and i'm not saying like i'm not trying to bash like chris or his, his team or you know clint kelly i met at, and talked to a little clint's bit cool. clint's very cool they're very very cool i think those just i think i would like siever movies i think just certain kinds because evil knight i really really liked Evil Knight took me like fifteen to twenty minutes to like get get into the right headspace to enjoy it, and then I was just laughing and laughing and laughing. That's mutantis for me. It takes like fifteen minutes yeah. to adjust, and then you're like, "This is ridiculous." Because I loved Evil Knight, and I know that Evil Knight's one of their better shot movies, but it really has nothing to do with how it was shot. It's just really funny and silly, and it made me laugh. Like mutantis isn't a Chris Seaver movie. I just use that as a right, example. right. But uh, <coughs> I like Death of Lantern. I haven't seen Death Lantern. Hated his short and high eight. Yeah. But it's it's like hit or miss for me. Some I yeah. really like, some I don't. I don't I, you have to give him props though for as like he's made so many movies and I do think he puts his his heart into all of them. I think some of them just aren't my style. Like I said earlier, like there's gonna be a time where you put a movie in and you can't tell what director it is. You'll always be able to tell Chris Seaver. You movie. can always he tell has Chris his Seaver. His own distinct style. He has his own distinct style, his own distinct humor, and he uses a lot of the same people, which yeah. I also appreciate. I like that because we do that. Eric Sandy does it too. Yeah, and Totag. But um, Evil Knight is it's a remake of a shot on video movie from 1992, I think, something like that. And uh, basically, this kid he gets bullied and picked on, and in his basement. 
has a lab, which is really funny because the lab looks like shit. And at one point they reference how shitty it looks. Because, like, he keeps calling himself a genius, but there's no evidence that he's a genius. And then uh, in the lab, he's working on a telekinesis serum. And so... Serums. I love those in movies. Yeah, they basically... They do the um, a slaughter high thing where they trick him into getting naked. Love it. And then and then, uh, and then then hurt him. Like, they knock him down, he hits, he hits his head, and the serum pours on his head. And then he has telekinesis, which is represented by... Just things on fishing lines flying around. Love it. That sounds like I like this one. And, I bought it too. Uh, he puts on a clown mask, a big goofy clown mask. And what's so funny is the guy, uh, I can't remember his name. I think it's Josh something. The guy who plays the main guy um, is just like, he's, he's kind of chubby and he's short. And he has these little stubby arms. And so he's got this giant Halloween mask. And he's like, ah, like walking around with like, he's real little and I don't know, it cracked me up. <laughs> and basically gets revenge on the bullies and stuff who picked on him. Sounds fun. Uh, it has a... a a lesbian scene with two like like curvy girls like like chubbier girls with big boobs which i appreciated uh one of them is that really creepy goth looking chick who eyes blink crazy she's got like crazy eyes <laughs> like <laughs> i kept staring at her in every scene because she's just like the way her eyes blink is crazy to me um i'm sorry if that's mean she may have astigmatism i'm being really mean right now but <laughs> like I, I don't mean to uh and uh I don't know. It just made me laugh. Like, I'm getting it. I already it, have it. I'm gonna watch it. It's just absurd, goofy humor. It just made me laugh. Cool. Um, so yeah, and that's all. That's all that I've watched. What you much. got? Uh, the only other one I can think of was uh, the new documentary that was put on Netflix called The Nightmare. Oh yeah. Yeah, is that the one with the sleep paralysis? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like not once that I ever when it was done that I ever feel like should I should I or should I die should I or shouldn't I go to the bathroom. Like that type of feeling, yeah. but um, I don't know. It was it's a good little like uh, I think they don't go into the history of sleep paralysis, which I I didn't like. I, I was wanting to get like yeah. what is the medical reasoning behind it, but I guess that's why you can you know, just Wikipedia. It. But I don't know. They reenact all of the uh, things that they experience through reenactments, which is really cool. That's the best part of the documentary, yeah. and it's more of it just like you're entering people's lives and how they have to deal with it throughout their life and um. Oh, it's interesting. I don't think I ever need to see it again, but it was cool. Yeah, most docs you only watch once and you're done. I think I watched Cropsey like four times because I love that one so much. But see, I didn't love Cropsey. I have a thing for Cropsey. But the um, other doc I didn't like as much. I want to watch, I want to see The Nightmare. I started watching it, but my wife was like in the room and she's very averse to anything scary. So once I realized like, oh, this is going to be scary, isn't it? I just kind of turned it off and put some, I think I put Golden Child on instead. I was like, this won't scare <laughs> Because uh, oddly enough, like even though I'm a horror filmmaker, like a lot of people probably don't know this, my wife hates horror movies. And when we first started dating, we went and saw Paranormal Activity in the theater. I don't know why she agreed to do it. And then she literally didn't sleep for a week. Like I'm not exaggerating. Like for a week, she did not sleep, and so I didn't sleep either. And it was rough. The only movie horror movie she actually does endorse is Slimy Little Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she hasn't watched it yet, actually. She don't want to see it. There's a handful that she likes. She likes Trick or Treat and Creep Show. Return of the Living Dead. Return. I think she liked Return of the Living Dead. There's a handful that she. The Fog. I think she likes. Those are classics, though. Yeah, The Mist. She likes The Mist. There's. It's like a certain kind. Like I think if it's like monsters and stuff, then bother because it's not realistic. But anything that seems real to her, like just freaking. Like, she don't watch it, Henry anytime soon. No, no, no. We're like the strangers. Like she's never seen the strangers, but the trailer to the strangers scared her. So like you know, like I have to be careful what I put on. I don't want to freak her out. Got five more. All okay. kind of want to talk about a little bit. So I'll hop in on real quick. Watch okay. Fangboner, which is by Nathan Rumbler. 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 He's a great guy. He's always at Wasteland. And if you like Wasteland, if you love Wasteland, this movie definitely would scream Wasteland. This is a Wasteland movie, and uh, it's fun, it's goofy, it's got some fun things into it. 
again, it's not for everybody, and it might be a little too long, I think, for an independent movie. But then again, my attention span is that of a, <laughs> a vegetable, like a vegetable, like actual the thing you eat. <laughs> like I don't have an attention span. <laughs> I want to so, watch it. The trailer made me laugh. It's so, funny, yeah. and it has a lot of wasteland people, and it has a lot of wasteland jokes. To me, it, it, it's a movie that should forever be on wasteland. Yeah, that's what I'll say. And uh, I watched The Harvest, which was on Netflix with Michael Shannon. This is the first real, real encounter I got with Michael Shannon. And it's by John Noddington, who did Henry. This is a really good movie. Uh, it's about I heard of that. trying to keep, it's on Netflix, trying to keep this uh, kid alive. Like, he's, like, really sick, and they keep him isolated, and this girl comes to hang around. They try to become friends and stuff like that. But the parents don't want him around because there's something else going on, something real weird. And the lady in this is, like, a mixture of... Uh, Nurse Ratchet meets Kathy Bates in Misery. Oh, jeez. And she's so fucking... She's so good, and I hate her so much. But uh, the twist is pretty crazy, and uh, Shannon's really good, and the acting's really good, and it's a really good thriller movie called The Harvest, and it, it takes place, I believe, on Fall and stuff like that. I think it's a really great movie. I'm going to check that out. I think it's really different. Michael Shannon's just a really genius. great thriller. What was the one we watched where, genius. where he was like dreaming about storms and stuff? Take Shelter. Take Shelter. That I was really cool. Watched it. it looks cool. That one was cool. Uh... Also watched Tales of Halloween. Got to review it. Yeah. I really loved it. Really, really nice. loved it. Ten shorts in there. Not all are good <coughs> as the others. But there is ten fucking, uh, like, ten minute shorts in Halloween. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's not as well intertwining as something like Trick or Treat, but what would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, it's close enough, and I think it's great with lots of cameos and actors. And it's a lot of fun, and I think it's probably become a staple in Halloween. You could put this on the Halloween party plate anytime. Nice. Great movie. I also watched Deathgasm, which... Uh, I want to see that. Really good as well. Really fun, really gory, and I think the first two acts are better than the last act. Uh, they established these characters I really liked uh, uh, towards the end, and a couple of them have unceremonious deaths, and I'm like, I didn't feel there, and I should have really felt bad. I don't like the main demon at the end, uh, but I think that the demons in the movie, it reminds me of like a demons-type Fulci style when they come yeah. out, or Lamberto Baba's demons, but uh, it has a, a very a definite comedy flair to it. Kind of like Peter Jackson, in a way, meets Fulci? Okay. Or demons. Peter Jackson. That's a demons. weird combination. In the, yeah, like yeah. sort of like that, but the, there's some cool kills and stuff like that. Bloody. I really like the lead guy in it. He's also in a movie called Blood Punch, which is like Groundhog's Day uh, meets murder. I guess it's like Blood yeah, Punch. Blood Punch is like Groundhog's Day meets murder, where they have to keep murdering guy to keep. Uh, I don't know if I talked about that one. I think you've told me about it but before. Maybe I didn't talk about that one, but I seen that one too. That's also really cool. Uh, Deathgasm. Like I said, I thought again it would be a ten out of ten. Seven and a half out of ten, yeah, which is great. Anything to me over six or six and over is a great movie to me. Yeah. So when it gets up past that, you know what I mean. Five is average, and anything above that, I love. So Deathgasm, really, really cool. Uh, maybe change the ending. And uh, the other guy in it, I don't like some what he did. I just kind of like, oh, maybe this just made me not care about him anymore, and that sucks when that happens. And I watched Adronanim. Oh, and androgynim. Androgynim. Because <laughs> yeah. it's weird because the character's name is Nim. Yeah. And he's androgynous at one point. Okay. And this is a cool movie. Uh, at first, I was not sure how I'd like it, but as it progressed, I really liked it. It's really a, a crime, thriller, love story with a bunch of animation, uh, storyline paralleling it that, you know, kind of obviously has some some similes between the two stories. And uh, really cool stuff. Uh, touched me. I got sad in it. Uh, some cool bad guys in it and stuff like that. Really good movie. Really also enjoyed that. And I think that a lot of people should check that one out. I want to see it. I actually feel bad because when we were at... That sucked. I didn't know. When we were at Cinema Wasteland, uh, 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 Michael... What's his full name? Michael Schneider. Michael, Michael Todd Schneider. I always think of him as Maggot. Maggot, a.k.a. Michael Todd Schneider, uh, was like going around. He's like getting people to come up to a room for a screening of Mana, which yeah. is his profane exhibit short. 
And we were like, oh, yeah, cool. So we all waited around. We went up there. It's only 10 minutes. Yeah, and it was only 10 minutes long. And he even kept saying, he's like, it's only 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, okay. So I went up there, and right when it was over, they started a screening of Androgynum, and we were all in the room. Like, and I was just like, oh, I didn't plan to come up here for, you know, like two hours or whatever. We had to go back and order food. Yeah, we had to go get food and meet, and meet up with people. And I was like, oh, shit. So we just kind of, like, left. And I think a lot of other people did, too. So and I felt like an asshole because I didn't know. If anybody who knows the guys who made Androgynum or, like, um, has any connection with them at all, like, just let them know that we've... We're sorry. Like it wasn't anything to do with their movie. It's no. just we didn't know there was playing. I bought your. I bought the movie and yeah. I watched it and I loved it and I'm yeah. gonna review it. So I, I hope that makes up for. It. But I, I just feel like an ass. I didn't know. No, I felt like a total asshole. I'm like sneaking out of the room. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I almost stayed just because, but I couldn't because Cage. Well, kept, kept, well, I knew he kept texting me like, "Are we ordering food?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> well, also like, I mean, it was there was a lot of people in the room and I was kind of like off to the side, like leaning in yeah. and watching Man, and I didn't want to stand there like that for an hour, you know, for however long the movie was. That's an hour and forty two minute movie. Yeah. Right? So and. I mean, and we literally we've been up there for two hours. I was not planning on that, so I just wish that someone had told me. Yeah, I wish someone had said like uh, they're playing Mana and Androgynum, and and you know. But it, it was a secret screening. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I how good anything. is a secret screening if people don't know that they're going in for a, you know, two hours of movie? They think they're going in for ten. Like, yeah. um, I don't know. I just I just felt really bad, but um, nobody's fault, really. Yeah, just a bad mistake. I just I want to see the movie though, and. Uh, I just hope they don't think that there's any disrespect from us. It's just yeah. I told them I was like, I'm sorry. We can't. Yeah, yeah. Just, and they bought pizza and stuff. They like, had pizza and water. Oh, I didn't eat any God. of their pizza. I didn't eat any of their either. pizza or water because I was like, yeah. I don't want to be an asshole. Yeah, uh, I still feel bad about it. Um, has anybody got anything else? I feel like we've probably been yapping for an hour at least. We can talk about uh, what we're gonna Halloween coming up. We can talk about our Halloween thing we're working on. Yeah, I still don't know what my short's going to be, but you guys do. We, we shot Brandon short. We're all doing a Halloween anthology. We thought we were going to have it out this Halloween, but it's going to be next Halloween. Mm -hmm. There'll right. be a short with a with a story from me and Dave. We talked about this a little yeah. bit before, but me, Dave, Brandon, and Shri, are you still doing one? And Shri is doing one. So there'll be four stories on there in a, in a wraparound or whatever And uh, next Halloween, but we're working on them. We shot Brandon's. Almost entirely. A couple, yeah, couple little things, right? I, I just need one outside thing, but that can be any time of the year because yeah. it's at night. No yeah, one's going nice. to know it's fall yeah. time. <laughs> i got two weekends scheduled. And yeah, should be able to we're, it. we're uh, ramping up to do Dave's, Dave's uh, Among story. All, everything I have shot is pretty much edited. I just got to add sound effects and music to it. I'm, mine will be pretty much... I'd say out of 100%, mine's at 85. Right on. Nice. And, and this is basically like, it's like, what, PG-13 level, we'd say? Mm -hmm. it, like, Ghoulies 2 level for me. Yeah. Because there'll be some gore in it. There'll be blood, but no language. Yeah. Um, so we're, it just, you'll be able to watch it with your kids, probably. Like you might want to skip mine. I'm just kidding. No, you should be able to. <laughs> you keep worrying me, because you're like, yeah, oh, there's blood and there's gore. And I'm like, Dave, it's supposed to be... For the kids, Dave! Yeah. <laughs> well, kids are soft these days. I'm hardening them up. You know, little ghoulies too. Remember that claw loses his arm and he's like, Aah. Yeah, yeah. I, that a, kind of shit made me laugh as a kid. I'm Don't excited see. for it. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, this will, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, the last little bit I'm going to shoot, I'm going to wait till it gets warmer again, maybe spring. Um, that'll give me time to really, because I know nothing about editing with sound effects and music so that yeah. gives me ample time to learn and just play around well we literally have a year to get it out so right. i mean <laughs> plenty of time to get it good and, and if you do green screen mine has to be shot in a lot of the i fall. think i'm gonna do mine like a green screen like stylized thing whatever i decide on doing i think i want it to be like expressionistic stylistic kind of thing so that way we have three very different 
shorts in there. Yeah. Dave's is like a mini movie of like a Crete, like a Ghoulies type thing. Brandon's is like basically the the origin or not even the origin story, but the intro to what could be something bigger, like a mm-hmm. you know, it's like a horror adventure fantasy type thing. And then whatever mine is, it's just gonna be the next movie's just gonna be Brandon's story character fighting my creatures, isn't that? <laughs> you could. He like gets sent to hell and he has to fight his way out and he fights a bunch. You see like a bunch of creatures from Dustin's movies in the background in a second. He's like fighting his way out of hell. And he's well, it's like, like, what are those? The, um, I've always like, even as like the, the idea I'm doing is an idea I had as a kid. And I've always loved the idea. I was like, grave robbers are always like mistreated. As when I was, and so it always like, kind of made me mad as a kid, even though what they're doing is wrong. Like, I was like, they should be heroes. <laughs> but, like, so I always had the idea of, like, a grave robber teaming up with a skeleton, and they become partners. Because, like, the skeleton has more knowledge of yeah. the underworld. And then, like, he's grave just, robber he's just older. Like, the skeleton yeah. knows ancient. He has all that ancient knowledge that you can't find in books. So I'm leaving mine open in the short. So I, if I want to do a feature, my first feature one day may be a continuation of those characters. Nice. That'd be cool. With ghoulies in it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I want them ghoulies. We should definitely do that. Just not in that garage in the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> we'll summer, die. Summer, summertime. We will summertime. just die. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, Invalid is is out. By the time you're hearing this, you should get that. Slimy Bastard. You, you should just buy five copies of Invalid and Slimy Little Bastard just to have at your house. Yeah, you never <laughs> know. Like somebody might. They make great Christmas presents. Yep, yep. There you go. Uh, uh, Her Name is Torment 2 is really, really close. Like, I know I've been saying it for months, but it's still true. It's really, really close to getting out there to everybody. Um, so stop gritting your teeth at me and calm down. The movie is coming. Like it's not like it's, it's not. It's done. Yeah, it's basically done. Just, just hold your horses. It's coming. Uh, every couple, like anytime anybody sees me, anyway, they're like, "What's going on with her name was Torment 2? I'm like, "Calm down. We made it. I didn't fake a movie. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I didn't keep your movie and go to Puerto Rico for a week. Like, I just had Marcus Cook come up and sleep on my couch for two weeks, and we didn't make any special effects. We just hung out, and uh, so it's it's coming. Hold on, it's coming. Hold on, hold on. You know, no, anything no. anything good is worth waiting for. So chill out. Um, and yeah, go eat poop and sweat. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza. I was waiting for it. Shut, Shut up, Brandon! Brandon!